Hi, I am the co-founder of CrowdSurf, director of events, bass player, video producer, digital director, songwriter, manager of touring, director of content and operations, and you're listening to the Springboard, 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 Springboard Music Podcast. For 65 years, the Music Biz Conference has been the place the entire music industry comes together to learn and meet new people. To give you an idea, Music Biz 2022 had people from 28 different countries attend, making the total number of registrants over 2,300. Enter Aaron Tocini. He is the director of events for Music Biz, meaning he not only runs the logistics for this massive event, but also their smaller conferences throughout the year. I saw you live in Denver. Is that right? Yeah, I'm outside of Denver. That is so cool. I feel like it's very unique to be in the music industry and not live in LA, New York, or Nashville. Yeah. So I was in Nashville for about three years and that's where I was when I kind of got this job. And then during COVID, me and my husband were kind of just looking for a change. So we were like, let's try somewhere else. Yes. Do you like Denver? I do. I do. Yeah. Good. Okay. I want to ask you, when I asked about a little fun fact, you said most people don't know that you went to school for vocal music education. And then you yeah. went to Disney and then you were like, yeah, no, that's not for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically. So I was really big in community theater and choir and vocal performance when I was in middle school and high school. Um, and so I was like, what's going to make me happy for the rest of my life? Maybe singing, maybe kind of sharing music with people. and then. Um, the program was really hard. I'm not going to front at all. Uh, music theory is a beast. That's so not for me. I kind of, when I played piano, <laughs> I was like, that was my least favorite book was theory. Yes, yes. So when I went and did my first college program at Disney, I just saw a lot more opportunity to, if I were to change my uh career path to like business management. Just with that degree, I feel like I was going to get a lot more um, education that could span over multiple industries that wouldn't kind of just shoehorn me into one thing. And you were okay kind of leaving the performance side and moving over to being more of a background role? Yeah. I mean, it really wasn't as hard of a transition as I thought it was going to be. Um, cause I still did some things vocally after I did that. I stayed in choir in two different choirs throughout all of my college career. And even while I was at Disney, I had the great opportunity to audition for the candlelight processional choir that they do in Epcot. So I actually was selected to be a part of that choir and I got to sing behind Neil Patrick Harris and Whoopi Goldberg, just like talk about what? a great experience. Yeah. And then that's the last thing that I kind of did. I was like, I'm just going to leave this on this high note. Don't even touch it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Don't even touch it. Don't aim for anything else. This is plenty. Exactly. <laughs> Kind of retire at your peak, right? <laughs> 100. I always say, leave when it's going well. Just leave when it's going well. But I have to know, did you interact with them at all? No, um, it was th that whole processional is like a well-oiled machine. It's something they've done for years and years and years. So you kind of just 
gather all behind the scenes, the big choir, and you kind of just process through Epcot into the Christmas tree that we stood in. And um, the, the, the main reader, the narrator comes out and it's just like, you see them the same moment that the audience sees them. Well, you see the back of their head. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a fever dream that I have had once before. <laughs> like it's so oh, really? crazy to be like in a choir processional just because I've never seen it. So to hear this like candlelight processional and then Whoop- Whoopi Goldberg and Neil Patrick Harris and right. going into a Christmas tree, that's insane. What an experience. So that was the last thing you did. And then you were like, all right, I want to do more business management. What was the dream or goal at that point? What were you aiming for with that degree? Coming from a family that I was the first person to go to college, it was very unsure for me. I, my goal was to get a degree and then find a job that paid me to basically live the life that I kind of envisioned. And at that point, it was still really early. And I mean, I definitely even had opportunities while I was in college at some of the places I was working, but I wanted to kind of finish my degree and then see what happens. So I finished my degree and I was like, hmm, what's kind of fun? What would I want to do now? Let's go to Walt Disney World because my first college program was at Disneyland in California. So I kind of wanted to try out the other coast. And I was like, a career with a company like Disney? Oh, wow. I mean, even if I don't stay, that on my resume is a conversation starter for future interviews. So I did the same kind of college program that I did um, just to get my foot in the door. And, you know, it was like $11 an hour, just like seating parties at at a restaurant. And I did that for nine months. And then I was able to kind of step into a different location, which was um, like a licensed Starbucks location inside the parks. So I did that entry level for a bit. And then I was promoted to like an an hourly assistant manager that I was running um, the Starbucks in Hollywood Studios with the team, of course. And it just kind of got stagnant for me. Like it was it was a very hard job. And I was working 60, 70 hours a week for not really making a lot of money um, at the time, you know, and um, I had just got married. So we were both just like, let's just go somewhere and try something new. We don't have kids. We don't have a house. So we really just packed up in the Honda Accord and left Orlando and drove to Nashville without jobs, both of us. Oh, my gosh. And was just like, let's kind of see where this lands. And then I got like my first, not real job, but another like entry level training position um, at the Omni Hotel in Nashville. I was a part of this leadership and development program where through a year, I rotated and shadowed um, the GMs of all the food and beverage outlets in the hotel and kind of learned about all those operations. So that's like the three meal a day restaurant, banquets, the coffee shop, the pool bar, stewarding, basically everything. And then when I completed that, it was, and I mean, it was 60, 70 hour weeks too. And it, it was one of those things where I'm going in and I think I might be doing something at a specific location, but they're short at a different location. They're like, oh, can you just go help them out at the coffee shop for a few hours? 
So it was loosely structured, but I mean, I kind of thrived in that, in that scenario at the time. And this is kind of where the transition in my head started because my goal was always to define what being successful to myself was and what brought me personal happiness. Because I mean, the age that I'm at, that, that I am a millennial, we were always kind of taught climb the corporate ladder, try your Mm -hmm. hardest an opportunity will come and just keep moving up the chain. So I thought that's what I was going to do. And then I was kind of getting a lot more responsibility, but nothing else was changing in that job. And I'm like overseeing 200 plus associates doing that schedule and expected to be on the floor while events were happening. Oh yeah. So after, after the program finished at a year, I was um, promoted to banquet manager. So this is the highest volume hotel I've ever worked in. So, I mean, we would have a group of 800 people come in for three days. They would load out and a group for 1200 would load in. So I was the executing arm of everything that was happening. So I had to make sure staffing was there along with my team. Of course, I wasn't doing this by myself. It all fell on your shoulders at the end of the day. Yeah. I mean, if you're there, you're clocked in, you're on the floor. It it is your responsibility. Exactly. So when you came to Nashville with your musical background and knowing that that's always kind of been a thread in your passion and you come to Music City, were you expecting to find yourself in food and beverage and events? That's just kind of like where my path ended up. It's where my experience was. I mean, I, I, I waited tables, bartended since I was 16, 17 years old. My grandmother was a professional server for 50 years of her life. So wow. at seven, eight, nine years old, I was in the back office rolling silverware for her and just like in restaurants. So it was, it was just definitely like second where I was. nature for you. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't really like something that challenged me too much. You know, there were always yeah. new scenarios and how to problem solve, but the operation as a whole, it kind of just was very natural for me. And while you're doing this, you know, all these groups of 800 people turning over day after day, are you content or are you still missing that music side of yourself? I definitely was content at the time, you know, but looking back at it now, like, I just remember not being able to do anything with friends outside of work because I didn't have a set schedule. I didn't have holiday things because I always worked during the holidays. So it was just not really the work-life balance that I was kind of aiming for. And the creativity side to it, I wasn't able to be like as creative in different aspects as I want to. Did you ever feel like it was too late to change course? Oh, yeah, I for sure did. And that's why my my mind started running because I always kind of thought of my career as an endless staircase. You take one step up to something but the stuff behind you is what helped you get there. So my mind was kind of like racing, like what kind of job can I get where I would be a huge value add and I could really sell myself for the skills and the abilities that I had. And I saw a job posting for a conference planning manager for the Music Business Association. And then I thought about it for a second and I was like, I've worked at this event. That event was at the Omni Nashville in 2018. 
What? So I was actually executing the event on site. And I met the planner and everything. So I applied for it and it, it kind of, it was just happenstance, you know, but then it just felt so perfect. That's so serendipitous how you already, like your paths had naturally crossed. And Mm -hmm. it says a lot, I think, for anybody listening, no matter what job you have, the reputation you make in it matters, even if it's not your dream job. Because Mm -hmm. had they interacted with you and you had a bad day and that's what they remembered you for, who knows where you would be? Exactly. And the case that it is, is they had such a great experience at that host hotel that that's what they associated me with. I was a part of executing that event for them. And just the experience of, I mean, group after group after group after group and being able to knock it out on my side really kind of made the music biz team confident in my abilities to bring me on. Absolutely. Did you know when you, I mean, obviously when you saw the the job posting, you recognized the name and recognized the conference. Did you really understand what it was or was it just another conference, but music? Because Music Biz is like the music conference. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I definitely did understand the importance of it. Um, Maybe not to the extreme amount that I do now with the history of the association, you know, but I knew that that was the music conference where high level music executives went to do business because I mean I did I I did other music conferences as well there I mean CMA was there um CD Baby did a big conference there for artists I mean there was a a lot of music groups that had events there can you explain for a listener who may not know what music biz is exactly what it is and the importance of it Absolutely. So the Music Business Association, we are actually celebrating our 65th anniversary this upcoming year. We're a three six thank you. We're a 365-day-a-year membership-based association. Um, the thing about us is though we're we're company-based membership. So if your company is a member, every employee under that company is a member and can take advantage of our benefits, which include networking opportunities, content placement, um, inclusion on our programs, and our big annual conference that happens every May. Who should attend Music Biz? Music Biz is for really anyone that has an interest in pursuing a career or already has a career on the business side of music. And that doesn't mean it's not for artists. We do have a lot of programs for artists to understand their royalty payouts, for distribution, and and things like that. But, I mean, the content is for everyone in the industry. Are there scholarships or discounts for students? Could students even attend? Or is it more exclusive to, if you're in the industry, this is a conference for you? Yeah, so students can attend at the member rate if their school is an academic partner. Um, However, we do have programming targeted for students throughout the year. Um, This upcoming February, we're bringing back our Next Gen U conference, which is specifically for students. The price point is very affordable, and we even offer like 
scholarships to that. So if you're not able to attend because of your financial status, you can just reach out to me and uh, we will definitely make sure that you can attend. That's incredible, Erin. Explain to me, you go from the Omni, you get the job at Music Biz, you're the director of events. Is that where you started out as was director of events? And what exactly does that entail? Yeah, so I was actually just hired as the conference planning manager because the association at the time, they only had really three big events at the time. And the conference was the biggest of the three. And I I got hired in November of 2019, which was kind of right before COVID. And I was given this perfectly planned conference over to me on a golden platter. So the first year I can see how the conference happens. You know, the programming was already planned. The BEOs were already written. It was ready to go. And then um, March 2020 happened. And um, we, all the staff actually were in New Jersey, was in New Jersey at our office together when kind of everything hit the fan. And we started to have conversations about what does this look like for not only our conference, but for the association as a whole. We're we're a not-for-profit association. So we we do what we can with what we have. We currently have nine people on staff. At that time, I think there may have been 10 on staff. But we really had to kind of decide what we were going to do. So what what we decided to do was, well, first we postponed the conference. We were going to try to do it, I think, um, in August, move from May to August. Then August didn't happen, so we ended up canceling it. But in the meantime, we took all the programming and the content that was already made for Music Biz 2020 and broke it up and segmented it to specific groups of the industry. So we pulled apart that metadata conference. We pulled apart the Next Gen Now, which is um, young professionals, the step up from Next Gen U. We pulled a few different, just different topics. Um, and between May, 2020 and now I would say I've probably done 80 plus virtual events. Oh my goodness. So when all that kind of happened, my, our, my team and my boss was like, you know, you're not just planning a conference anymore. You're planning events. So, I mean, COVID was, I don't want to say a blessing, but it was, it, pushed me to try harder. It gave me a promotion, a title change. And that's kind of how I'm sitting at director of events now. It is very interesting how COVID as horrendous and um, yeah, just tragic as it was and continues to be um, those blessings that do still come out of it because it did challenge you. It forced you all to be innovative it pushed you to super serve those individual segments and sectors of people as well. When you think about your job, if somebody's listening to this and they go, oh my gosh, I love events. I love music. I didn't know there was a job like this. Who would be a good fit for what you do? Someone who has a high attention to detail and is very organized. Because if I were to give the most simple description of what I do. I'm almost like a project manager. You know, I don't necessarily always come up with the content 
directly since my experience is not in the music industry. However, I'm learning and I'm now in those conversations, which is really fun. Um, But I kind of just set goals, collaborate with the other departments in the association and do things on a project-based flow. If we're working to a certain event, I create checklists and make sure that whoever is supposed to be doing this gets it done by the date they say they're going to get it done. And all of that, you know, um, as far as in-person events and the more meeting planner side of things, you know, I source venues, I look at contracts, I am in charge of budgets, I have, I'm building out a team. I have one manager underneath me and we're about to hire an assistant as well. So there's also those organizational things as well. How could somebody in high school or college gain skills or build their resume now to create a launch pad into a role similar as yours? Oh yeah. I would say volunteering. Um, if, if able, you know, events happen all over the place and there's always, always, always an opportunity to volunteer at an event in any industry. And it's, it's very important. You don't just like focus on, Oh, I want to volunteer at a music event. Well, there's things happening at all different types of events that you need to know because you can't just be a one trick pony, you know, you need to experience lots of different things, put yourself in a lot of uncomfortable situations, safe, uncomfortable situations, you know, where you can continue to learn and just look at what other people around you are doing and kind of take that in. Um, In my role now, you know, we're such a small team that thankfully I'm able to kind of see what other departments are doing. Like what is our communications team doing and what can I do to assist them? and make their job more easy. I love what you said about not just looking at music events or music conferences, because that's absolutely true, that there is something happening at every single event that you need to know. And it's more important to start moving and start gaining experience versus just waiting for the right move or waiting for the right experience. Just start collecting experiences. Exactly. Because there's nothing to say, what is the right experience? You won't know if it's the right experience if you don't do it. Yes, correct. I completely agree. What's a common misconception of your job or of music biz? Ooh, I think the, the common misconception is that we plan one annual conference a year and that's all we do. Yeah. Can you give me a rundown of kind of some of the other events? I know you mentioned networking events. Are they all over the U.S.? Yeah, so we're kind of getting back into that. So we're start, we have started this new series of events called the Music Biz Roadshow. And this is our way to go to communities and bring some music biz programming, bring our members and bring our community into communities that necessarily don't have access to get to Nashville or they don't necessarily have a strong um, support system for the industry folks in that community um, on, on a more like national or global scale. So we've done two so far this year. The first one we went to was in Atlanta, which was such a great experience. And then one week later we went to Portland and it was, it was two different. 
coast to coast. Yeah, it was two different groups of people, but the content kind of spoke to everyone in the room, I would say. So we have that going right now. We plan to do two more before Music Biz in May. So we have we're aiming to do one in February and one in March. Locations we haven't decided yet. So if you're in a city and you want a Music Biz Roadshow to come to you, please reach out to me. Hearing about your experience at Disney, at both Disneyland, Disney World, coming to Nashville, being at Omni, and now director of events at Music Biz, would you say you're living the dream? Right now, yeah. I would say I am kind of living my my dream. Like there's, And you don't really realize it until you have a moment to focus on it like this, which is crazy. So that's something to think about. Reflect more on your path, folks listening to this. When I was unhappy in other positions and the things that I would always like hope for, you know, and it's it's the little things. It's being able to go to a place and enjoy the people you work with and feel like you can 100% authentically be yourself. Um, the freedom of working from home, of not having to clock in and clock out, and the ability to travel new places that I've never been and meet new people, and also to feel like the job that I'm doing is making an impact on people. All of those things were like little tidbits of things that I always wish I could change about the career I was in previously, because I do consider that I was a hospitality professional before. And even transitioning into the music biz role, I it took me a minute to realize, you know, I'm in the music industry now. You know, you think about the the music industry and and what are the first things you think of? You think of label stuff, you think of AR, you think about songwriters, artists, musicians. And it's just little old me just like executing an event. It's what I always thought. Um, and through the, the, the three years that I've been on this team now where I'm planning the content and I'm able to absorb the content and hear from all these executives, like it's, it's making a difference to me personally. And I can only imagine that the difference that's making for young folks, for young professionals, even seasoned people in their career to see folks and hear from folks they never thought they could before. What you do is so unique and niche to the industry. And it's important for people to know that your job is a job. It's a real job that um, I think people have, they're gaining skills, they're gaining event planning skills more than they realize. And you're right, music industry, you think songwriter or label or artist. And what you do is something that... um, is is so incredible and makes such a difference and is so valuable to our industry that I don't think a lot of people recognize exists. Another thing that I really like to just point out and focus on, and it's kind of an initiative when Music Biz talks to younger folks, is that you don't have to major in music business. I did not focus on music business and I'm still here. I'm a success story and you're a success story as well that we need event people. We need accounting people. We need marketing people. Like this industry is open to everyone who has a passion for it. Yes, I completely agree. I'm so, so glad that you said that and that you are um, shouting that from the rooftops alongside me because 
I've met so many people who are in accounting that wanted to do music business accounting. They wanted to do label accounting. It's like, I love that you thought to do that. I love that you knew Mm -hmm. that that was actually a job. (laughs) Mm -hmm. People that think like that, that they see an opportunity and they connect the dots between their skills and what they want to focus on and get to that point B. Those are the folks that are going to be sitting at the tables and strategy meetings and helping organizations take the next step. I completely agree. We need people who are good with photography. We need people who are good with audio, obviously, but beyond just audio for concerts, we need audio for sound engineering in all types. Mm -hmm. We need hospitality to your point, everything. Um, And so I, my hope with this project is that um, students recognize that there's a seat at the table for whatever you can bring. I personally love music biz as a music industry professional. I love the amount of people that show up and the camaraderie, the wealth of knowledge, the experiences, what you all do is absolutely incredible and absolutely valuable to any format. So I just personally want to thank you for all of your work and time. I know you may not totally have gotten away from some of those 60 hour weeks in the event world, but it does make a difference. So personally, thank you so much, Aaron. Absolutely. If you haven't checked out the Music Business Association and all that they have to offer, you are truly missing out. As Aaron said, they offer events for college students, young professionals, executives, and regional networking opportunities. I also want to reiterate what Aaron said in the interview about the fact that we need all types of skills and people in this industry. We need accountants, we need security guards, we need drummers, and yeah, we definitely need event planners. Whatever you want to do, and if you also love music, there is definitely a seat for you at the table within the music industry.